Welcome, everybody, to If I May, a podcast of me, Kyle, an average guy with two of my average friends, Brent and Nick. Uh, we're going to be talking about whatever we want while interrupting as politely as possible. This is now episode 31. Let's go. Gentlemen, gentlemen this just in, reportedly in Tokyo, <laughs> local <laughs> gangs have, <laughs> have, gangs have started using drones to transport drugs across the city. In response, the police are using net-carrying drones to try to capture these packets mid-air. The gangs are counterattacking with their own net drones to try and drop police drones. In a statement with the Tokyo Police, <laughs> in a statement with the Tokyo Police, they uh, say pause, they haven't pause. had this much fun in years. <laughs> what? There's no way they said that. Uh, I don't know if that's a real post or not, but that was. Uh, we, what's that the, from? The what's that from? That's hilarious. Um, I don't know. It says at international. This just came up on my Facebook wall from a, <laughs> a former uh, guy I knew in the dorms in college who's a, a veteran, but uh, Nick, he just Nick, shares uh, kind of goofy stuff Mike's like Mike's. this. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. But, uh, I've, I've seen these drone shooting net things before, and like, yeah, that's hilarious. If that is true, that like the gangs are transporting drugs, so the police did drone shooting, net dr- shooting drones, and then they just got their own. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, well, I, I think, think it's just safer. What needs that to way. happen here? What needs to happen is that the gangs in retaliation, or the police in retaliation to the net drones that the gangs are doing to get their net drones, need to get a bigger net drone until eventually it's like <laughs> just flying guns, helicopters, you know, like megazoids, style, like <laughs> giant helicopter drones with nets trying to catch all the other drones in their nets. Or you get like a just quad drone. Scared. No, no, you get a quad drone set up. You, like, you know how for the Olympics a couple years ago, they had like the drone lights display? You do something similar to that, except now it's like a bunch of net drones so they can just like, doof, and like an entire area of the sky is just blotted out by drone nets. That'd just be ridiculous. <laughs> All right, yes. So I hijacked the, uh, the start of our podcast, but it was new information to me and needed to be shared with the people. New information, also a new year. Uh, we are officially into 2019. I think with that, I think I think it'd be funny if we just kind of, or not funny, but I think it'd be kind of cool to go through our what our New Year's resolutions are for this year. If I may, are our New Year's resolutions funny to you, Kyle? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I take my goals very seriously. <laughs> very Obviously. seriously. All right, well, what's <laughs> your first? Thing. Well, Brent, what is your goal before I judge it too hard? I guess. Okay, so I had. I had an initial goal, and this is, it didn't work already. I already failed, <laughs> and I'm only 14, no, 16 days in. So, I originally was thinking, over Christmas, I was looking at Facebook, and you know, like, every day you get a bunch of, hey, it's this person's birthday, like, happy birthday to the, say happy birthday. And unless it's a really close friend, like, like you two guys, of course, Aww. I usually just ignore them. Um, otherwise, I'll, yeah, I ignore them. And it's like, well... It's their birthday. You know, they these people need a happy birthday. So this new year, every single day, it'll take five seconds of my time. I'll go on Facebook. I'll look at whose birthday notification it is. I'll type out a happy birthday and make their day even more special and do, you know, and, and be a good friend in that regard. And then it's been um, like 15 days in and I, I haven't said happy birthday to more than one person so I already failed which well, is how do you, has there been any birthdays in between that you've forgotten 
Oh, like every single one. Like every day there's a birthday. <laughs> I mean, not saying I'm popular on Facebook, but you know, I have friends and I have a birthday well, every I have single friends. day. I have friends, I think. And is this like friend bingo? You have to get a friend of every single day of birthday of the year. I feel like it's almost I almost have it already. I, the February twenty ninth, that guy, that person must be very hard to get. Put that in your friend collection. I have a cousin. Ooh, I have a cousin somebody hooked in. So nice. then I've adjusted. I've adjusted because when one door closes, or in this case, one goal closes, another one opens. So I've decided um, in 2019, I'm going to try and run a marathon and get back on the marathon train. So, so I know you've done a marathon before. How long has it been? I did it after my freshman year of college, which... I hate to say it was like seven, eight years ago. So, okay, it's been a hot Ooh. minute. It's been a real hot minute. I was a young gun back then, and now I'm still a young gun, but a little older young gun. All right. <laughs> like if you know okay. what I mean. I'll, I'll go into mine. Mine is to get on top of a 14er. See, the reason I phrase it that way is because there are two 14ers. So, if the, those that don't know, a 14er in Colorado is one of the uh, peaks of the mountains that are over 14,000 feet. And I phrased it, get on top of a 14er, because there are two 14ers that you can drive to the top of. So, you know, if it gets close to the end of the year and I'm like, oh, crap, I haven't got, I can just drive to the top one and, and check that off the list. But the 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 stretch goal is to actually, like, hike up to the top of one. And there's a couple that you can hike to the top of that aren't too bad as far as uh, the trip goes. It's like, you know, six hours of hiking versus some of the other ones are more intense where you re- almost require multiple days. Nick, what do you got for a New Year's resolution? Oh, gentlemen, I, I don't do New Year's resolutions, um, whether it's just me being a, a sourpuss or, or whatever. Um, yeah, the whole concept of um, looking at a new year and deciding that that's the, the milestone to make the difference, to make the change in the world, uh, whether it's watching like Forrest Gump growing up and just kind of seeing these ditzy girls be like, oh, it's a new chance in their horrible like Boston accent or whatever it was. But um, yeah, just I, I've never know, I know that I don't think less actually of people um, who, who do New Year's resolutions, but I've, I've never thought highly of someone who does a New Year's resolution and uh, there's proof, and you know, Kyle was kind of laughing a little bit, um, and we were joking about it, but there's proof everywhere that what percentage of these New Year's resolutions always last, and there were two guys in college who were uh, bad at making, you know, commitments like after this day, I'm not drinking or, you know, this is going to change after tomorrow. And, um, yeah, they, they'd say that kind of stuff all the time. And then you'd talk to them a week later and it's like, yep, that didn't last. And, and I feel that way about most new year's resolutions. If you're, if you're needing a, a, a special date, a special holiday to have a, a new year's, you know, to do a resolution of some variety, it's like you lack the, um, and I'm lacking the vocabulary word to properly describe it, but the fortitude or the uh, self-control to strength, yeah, to to make a change and actually have it last in a, a you know a blaring 
glaring red, you know, noise, like sound, whatever, um, color, whatever flag you want. It's, it's that flag if you're doing something on New Year's. And if you actually want to do it, great. But you shouldn't need New Year's to, to make a change in your life. Now, that's just me being a sourpuss or a grump about the whole situation. Also, what I'd like to do is hop on my very brief tangent train. Beep, beep, um, if I may, real quick before your tangent train, is according to Business Insider, 80% of resolutions fail by the second week of February. So if you can get your New Year's resolution to last past the second week of February, you're doing better than 80% of the population. Congratulations. Not surprising. I, I do I do believe that. Right. So, train. When, I appreciate that, yes. Uh, Brent was talking, and as Brent was talking, he said uh, one phrase and then paused and I just woke up from a nap, so I'm pretty tired, and my brain's in a certain <laughs> weird place. Have you ever just had a, a pure thought where something is said out of context, and you grab it, and you run with it? Because Brent started with, it's been one week since you looked, looked at, at me. me. I don't know the rest of the <laughs> Just the way he said it's been, and I, and I want to listen to the recording at some point, which I, I never listen to our podcast because I'm weird like that. But um, I don't either. I think it makes sense. Like I'm here. I've lived. I, I, I'm part of the I want to listen to how he said it again because literally he said that, and it just triggered my brain to <laughs> it's been one week since he looked at me. Just the way he said it's been, um, and then I yeah, had to Google the lyrics, and yes, that's the bare naked ladies. Yes, who sing great, that? great yeah. band. I like um, that. A, a classic tune of sorts and it is now stuck in my head because uh brent was telling us when or how long it's it's been but they do some pretty uh, funny, i do love those random blurbs they do some pretty funny uh uh, uh like uh christmas shows they have a couple christmas specials that are out and uh, they're pretty funny they like switch instruments and whatnot and i'm not sure i guess i've never seen a bare naked ladies concert and i guess i probably won't ever because they just had or semi-recently last couple of years they had like their main person split off from the band like they're still doing stuff but the, the main guy that did a lot of the songwriting and singing or whatever is out so i don't think i'll ever go to one of their concerts but apparently they used to like do a bunch of funny stuff like switching instruments and that kind of thing so because it's been a hot minute like since we've had a live sh- or not live show but up-to-date show what's one of our uh what's what's up in our lives all right, Nick, are you are you up to anything exciting since we uh, last podcasted, quote unquote live? Well, via via our new season three format, I'm not sure if this is in order, but I'm absolutely <laughs> willing to jump in. Go ahead, um, jump on it. Also, I I am rebelling against the order because I much prefer to completely go off the cuff on these, and uh, Brent and Kyle are forcing their format down my throat, and I don't like it, but. I am going to rebel because you've given me the opportunity to do so. So as far as my life update, um, I, I was doing a little curling for the girls uh, today. Nah, not actually the curls for the girls, uh, which would be you know moving your arm up and down with weight. I actually went curling for the first time today at a corporate event. I uh, showed up in the office and uh, my on-site um, supervisor, and she's not actually my supervisor, but we'll call her that for the sake of simplicity, basically said, oh, hey, um, we didn't know if you'd be in, so we're going curling today. You want to come? And I'm like, sure. Sure. Yeah. You yeah, mean I-, I get to work or I can go curling? Is that the option you're giving yes. me? Yes, that, that was my option today, and you're damn right. I went curling. So uh, went, uh, went to the St. Paul Curling Club, 
and found out when we got there that was the wrong place to go because that's historically where it's been and not where it was this year. And then we went to uh, the other St. Paul Curling Club because uh, there are two in St. Paul, evidently. And that's where we had our dinner, recognize all the sales folks for all the hard work they're doing, uh, a few awards that we had to uh, sit through while we had dinner and uh, got to meet a bunch of new people, which is great. But then got to learn how to curl, which was quite the experience. And uh, the, the comment on curling I'll make is I, I love yard games. I love to compete. So uh, I'm actually did fairly well. I think you guys would be impressed. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we'll have to have Brent we had to at some point because Brent's actually been curling at least at a college higher high club yeah. level. Because I think uh, Brent, uh, uh, Brent had to uh, step if away. I may, oh. If I may, that was a national championship college curling team. I would say if I may, I think Not- Brent came in and like he was uh, your club team played against like the national team or something like that and actually beat him once. I I've heard stories of that. Um, when I was no, in college, you I you not the team I was on. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Um, so the year before I joined our college curling team, um, our club team or whatever, they won nationals, and then the year after I left, um, which I believe last year actually, um, they won nationals. So the one time they didn't win nationals in the last like three years was the year I was there. But <laughs> huh? Seems like there's a. Pattern. I don't know. I don't know. I could see. I will say though, when I went to the, I went to one tournament, one bond spiel, as they call them, and I was undefeated in tournament pro- play. I've never lost in a bond spiel event. Wouldn't that imply you won? I have. I've never lost. Every game I have played in at a like an actual tournament, I've never lost. Um, however, in club league. It's almost the opposite. I almost have never, like when you play in a league, like a bowling league or golf league or whatever, like curling league, I almost never win. So it balances out somewhere. So I feel like there's something there in that. Because like for me, I know Nick and I as well, I guess Brent, you did as well. We played broom ball. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, hey, if I was on a really good team, I feel like I would do a whole lot better. But it's like, oh, why am I not just the one carrying? Why am I not the one doing it well? Like, it's kind of like, or even like video games. It's like, oh, if I was on a professional video game team, and we actually had coordination and whatnot between us, I would do so much better at this video game. But then it's like, oh, why do, why am I not just playing better? So I don't, I don't know if it's me or if it, there's a legitimate something behind that. Because obviously if you play with really good people, they're going to elevate you as far as how good you look. I don't know. So there's, yeah. there's something with that. So every bond spiel, I, every bond spiel I've curled in, I was always probably the worst player on that team so they put me in like the lead position where it has the least responsibility for the most part where i could contribute and i did i mean i I always would curl pretty well but there was other curlers that were always backing me up where on league play it's usually i'm one of the the more mainstay better players on the team and if i'm like one of those lead roles i don't think we do as well because i'm not overall as good as most you know most curlers but if you put me on a really good team i can compliment so what does the lead role mean for curling because i feel like for the lead role don't you guys all switch roles so generally if um you're in a tournament you'll play the same role when i when i play league i just it's whatever whoever wants to do either first second third or fourth um each one has a little bit different different responsibility so the first role the person who throws first 
they usually set up guards. Um, they're there to kind of get the field in a play, set up things. So they'll set up stones to protect the other stones for later throws. Um, they don't necessarily have to make shots where they um, take other stones out of play, that kind of thing. And if they end up missing, generally it's like, you'll, if you're not in high level play, it's okay. Um, the second, they try to do more of what we call draws, which a draw is a scoring throw where you get it with inside the circles, inside the rings. And you try and score, and usually those draws, you go in from behind the guards, of course, because you want to protect your stones. The third, uh, they call it the vice skip. They have a little bit more responsibility. Um, they have to throw usually either takeouts or they'll do draws. They'll throw whatever shot needs to be thrown. But then when the skip, who is the one calling the different shots, kind of like the the commander, the the shot caller, the person who is like the point guard for basketball or the quarterback kind of thing. When the skip throws, the vice skip is the one who is kind of calling the shots then for those last two throws. Define calling um, and then the of shots. Course, like if the person's throwing it, don't, can't they just do what they want? Or like, what do you mean by calling the shots? Yeah, so a curling match is sort of like a battle between a couple of skips in a way in that they have to decide if I throw a guard on this throw, what is the next guy going to throw and how will I respond to that? It's, it's sort of like a chess where you're going back and forth where, oh, if they throw this at this point right here, will I either throw it really hard and have them take it out or should I try and go for a different play over here in a different section of the, you know, that kind of thing. If I may, Kyle, have you, have you curled before? No, no, never curled before. Okay, so... I get it, though. You, you I've played be... shuffleboard. I get well, it. hold on, though. It's... But there's, there's a pretty big difference. I get it. I get that you get it, but the, the one thing that makes a pretty big difference is curling is, is much further apart. Like, when you're the one who's uh, making the throw of the stone... You really can't see how everything is on the board because it is a good distance away. I mean, yes, you have an idea of it. Is it in the circle? Is it not in the circle? But the advantage of having the the skip, I believe, is that the person calling the shots or the the, the general of the team, whatever you want to call it, they're they're standing over the over the the board on the other end, so they're they're sitting there kind of playing chess with one another on the board essentially and yeah kind of trying to predict what they're going to do what what's the best strategy to get things in play when you're on the other side and you're actually throwing the stone you have far less visibility into where things are exactly like you know vaguely there are three stones out there and you're aiming for this one spot but the angle you want to come in and the most beneficial strategy it's why you need your shot caller your skip oh, up so, there to kind like, of okay so you don't guide. have to all stand behind the line or whatever just the person throwing no. the stone has to be behind the foul line or whatever. And then you have sweepers along the way who are gotcha. getting instructions to either, um, you know, sweep really aggressively or, or no sweep uh, go, with respect go, to getting, go, the, yeah, hold, getting the stone hold. to go. Yeah, I've seen the Olympics. Curling yep. is now an uh, Olympic American sport. It used to be like a Canadian thing, mm. but America no, took it over. Is. It's still no, no, Canadian. No, no, America <laughs> has a title. America is winning we have won- curling. We have one team in probably the entire U.S. that can consistently compete with the top-level teams. And they, did they, they won gold in the last winner. 
Canada has probably like six or seven or eight teams of that same yeah, yeah, caliber. Yeah, but America won gold in the last Olympics, which makes it an American so, sport now. So if I can rein in my life update here and then take it back to <laughs> my situation. Um, oh, but I want to talk curling. There. I could talk curling for years. I love that sport. So if I can, oh. re- if I may, I'd like to rein it back into my experience. I show up and <laughs> I'm working with coworkers and uh, American coworkers, and we get out there. A uh, mm, lot of us are from different areas. We have I'm a couple scared. Canadians I'm actually. Because it's never right. continue. At any rate, uh, we get out there and we have the instructors uh, from who are members of the club uh, who are giving us instructions on how to play the game and how to uh, throw the stones. And, of course, uh, a lot of people fell flat on their face um, and wiped out because it is a bit of a balancing thing. But we get out there, we, we learn the basics, and we're getting ready to play our, our first game uh, with the help of the instructor. And they're like, okay, yep, this is the skip. They need to be your, your best player, or at least in this case, if no one's any good, whoever thinks they can hit a shot. And I sit there and I just kind of look at everybody. I got this. And nobody, nobody wants to move. And I, just how we're lined up. The, dominates, the 95 percentile dominating personality of Nick. <laughs> I'm in. I want to call the shot. I'm in the first thrower's position and I just kind of look at everybody and nobody says anything. And I'm just sitting here in the first thrower's like, even this, the guy, the instructor was like, okay, yep. You want your person who doesn't know what they're doing and is horrified of throwing this thing. They're going first. Uh, and then he like, goes down the order and, and ranking the positions and I'm sitting yeah, in the first the thrower's. I'm looking, you want the hammer. Right? I'm looking, I'm looking at, uh, that's not really. No, no, that's uh, the hammer is the second thing. Okay. Never yeah. Mind. It's the it's the it's the fourth throw from the uh the the team that goes second. That's the last rock. But yes, you do want that. But um, I'm looking around and nobody wants to move, and I'm just like, all right, we'll see how it goes. And I've never thrown, so I'm not gonna you know set my expectations too high. I go out and my first stone is in the circle. It's not in the middle or anything amazing, but it's it's in the circle. First throw ever. In I mean, that was good. crazy. It's a good start. Yeah. Did you then, put a little uh, spin on it or throw. just go for the straight shot? Uh, there is no straight shot in curling. Not that's good anyway. Uh, you have to put spin on it. But there is can a, tell so you if you're, uh, just to throw in a clarification. Cur- curling you talk. will throw a straight shot if you're trying to take out a stone. So if you want to knock someone's stone out of the way and you throw it really, really fast and really hard and you throw it accurately, it will go straight. But the slower it goes, the more curl. That's the John just curl so, is a term with respect to like if you were golf a slice a spin, or a spin. Uh, you got spin I, I or a uh, yeah mm, yeah well the fact that it's called curling was a, a learned no. thing to me where curling no. is is the terminology it of me. it okay <laughs> at any rate I go out I land my first one in and then the second one uh, had too much power on it and hit the back wall didn't take out the first one everyone else went. And nobody even got it in the circle. <laughs> so you're the one everyone was either way too short or, or whatever. And yeah, I, I got us the only point and I'm just like, I should have been last. This is gonna take and a I knew it. I knew it. Well, we weren't trying to even score even. We didn't complete a uh, full game even just because everything was, everyone was so awful, but had a lot of fun. First, but, to, um, first to score a point ties. We played a tie. We don't play to win. This is a team building we, activity. 
we went uh, up and down the the sheet a few times, and uh, we took a beer break, and then we came back, and a lot of the people in our in our group didn't come back, so it was more kind of okay, who actually wants to play? And then uh, resorted into new groups, and in between sorting in those new groups, a few people were taking some test shots, and I went to the far side just to receive to make sure the the, the rocks didn't hit the wall hard or hit the uh, whatever the foot thing's called where you push off of. Uh, but I'm there receiving tiles and the guys throwing who, who wanted to play on the other end didn't get one in the circle. And then it was just me on the other end to throw back at them. And I started to go and all but one of the eight rocks I threw were in the circle. And I'm just kind of looking at everyone like I should have been the hammer. Yeah. yeah. Or so I should have been. Did, did you end up winning? <laughs> what, what's the, what was the, what was the final score there? Well, we never completed a game. Like I said, th- this was in between games, just um, throwing to practice. For participation um, we never com- okay. Yeah, we never we never played a complete game. The first game, our team ended up being ahead, and then we took the beer break, and uh, the people who didn't want to play just kind of left or went to go socialize. And then the second game, I got up and down the sheet three times. We were up by one in that, and then my ride was going, so I'm like, well, I gotta go. So. But uh, excellent plan. Uh, if I may, if I may, while we're talking about new curlers, I got just a couple of things. Um, for intramurals, which was even less legit than normal league play. I mean, it was literally I would get a team of people who have never ever played, and then instead of having instructors from a club teach them, I taught them, and it was my first year curling. So it was basically one of those blind lead the blind brunch. kind of things. The key, if you're playing with somebody who's never curled before, is if you can get it into the circle at all, you win. Then you have a good chance of winning that round. Like as long as you can like get it in the, any shot in the circle is a great shot because it's just really hard if you don't know how to throw the right weight to get it into the right circle. And I just want to quick before we jump on to whatever's next, the best new curler, the most funny new curler that I've ever seen, was my father. We did a family thing last year for a Christmas party where we went and did something like you did for your work, Nick. And my dad, bless his heart, I think he didn't quite understand that equipment was actually really important. And many times he'd go up to throw, and you know how they give you those sliders to help you slide and get a good throw off. My dad, I don't think, realized the the need. Yeah, you put them on your feet, and it's like a Teflon that you put on your feet, and it helps you glide across the ice so you can get a good controlled shot off. My dad either forgot or did not believe in using those. And a couple <laughs> of times we'd try going out of the ice and he'd push off and he just wouldn't go anywhere. And he would just stop. like throw the rock. He just like would push off, stop, and then just nothing. Yeah, because you don't want to muscle, um, right? Then, you want to like use your legs and then like release it kind of thing, right? It was great. And then a couple of times he would, he maybe would put the slider on, but then he'd forget to have the stabilizer, the thing that you hold on to, to help keep you from falling over. And he would push off and then fall over because you just don't have anything to hold him up. So it was just, it was great to see. It's like, you need the equipment. Otherwise it just doesn't work. It was hilarious. If I may, Kyle, to answer your question. Um, yes, you want to be gliding with essentially a straight arm. So you and the the rock are going the, the same speed, essentially. And the last thing you do to curl the rock accordingly, left or right, is, is put a twist on it. You know, cl- counterclockwise or clockwise, theoretically, you want to end at 12 is what I was told. So if you're, tur- if you're curling from right to left, you, you have, have the rock uh, handle facing like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. 
and then as you're gliding, you're ready to release, you kind of just uh, turn it up to 12, so you leave a slight rotation from left to right, and that'll curl it from... Um, yeah, you get some spin out. I get it. Curling, right yeah. Left. And, yeah, inversely, if you want to go from left to right, uh, you would be curling from 9 o'clock to... Or the turn would be from 9 to 12, and that's just kind of the last thing you do, and you release at 12, and that kind of gets it coming in from those sides. And, yes, in an ideal world, you're gliding with it kind of at the same speed. You have your arms straight, so you're not pushing it, because uh, that's what a lot of people did. Yeah, they they sat there and they would kind of push themselves off and then they just kind of heave it with their arm and say, Oh, here it goes and go from there. But no big deal. I mean, it was, it was really cool. Uh, a lot of people did wipe out and struggle with the glide. Um, and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And then I, I don't know if there's a special balancing thing. I think, I think we can move on from whatever. curling talk though. I, I, we get it. I don't think we need to go a full deep dive into the, if I may listeners we'll and how to curl. One thing for my life update is, number one, I did get a haircut, although we're not doing video for this uh, podcast because of technical difficulties. I did get a haircut. I also got a dog. His name is Zane. He is a little bit over one years old. He is a mix of something from the shelter. We just got him from the Longmount Animal Shelter. And uh, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Uh, Pretty chill. He uh, Surprisingly, no biting up of anything. No major issues in general. The one thing is he did like kind of like nip at a kid when he, when we were like the first day we had him and the, the, there was like two kids riding by on scooters and apparently he like freaked out a little bit and like nipped at one of the kids. So it's like, that's not good, but he hasn't really done anything since then. So yeah. Uh, but besides that, like we're able to let him roam the house during the day. He does whine a little bit, but that's been going down more and more. Like the first day I let him home, I set up like my uh, laptop and recorded him to like see what he would be doing. And, uh, oh my God, he was howling and whining for like three hours straight. And I was like, I am so sorry, neighbors. Hopefully everybody's at work. But, uh, yeah, he's been doing that less and less. I think today I had the stream going and it was only like, it, first of all, he didn't whine until I was gone for a good 10 minutes. And when he did whine, it was only for like 15 minutes to maybe half hour. And then he just figured out that it's not going to do anything. And then he sat on the couch and whatnot for the rest of the day. So yeah, Zane's a pretty cool guy. When we get a uh, video up and running again, we'll have to introduce him. Yeah. Um, I feel like whining is one of those things that if it doesn't do much for you, it just, it gets tiring. It's like when you, everybody's with babies and crying. It's, you know, if a baby cries, if you just let it cry for a little bit more, like eventually you'll realize that it, that doesn't get it what it wants. Um, can't, I don't know anything about babies. So if that advice is wrong or that fact is wrong, there's, there's a basic psychology behind that, yes. Oh, do you guys know if either um, your dogs had issues like that when you first had... Because, like, it's like... I know a lot of the stuff I was seeing online was, like, attachment issues or whatever, or, you know, that anxiety. kind of thing. Yeah. Anxiety. But it's so, like, dude, yeah. like, you've known me for a day. There's no way you're that attached to me. Yeah, if, oh, if I may, it's, it's more... Um, it's not... Not to take away from you and uh, Juliana, certainly, but um, it, it's more just a, a people thing. Certain dogs and certain breeds attach to people more aggressively. Um, one of the great things about, and not to say that you know people don't have special bonds with their dogs, but mm-hmm. some breeds very easily you know just shift from one owner to another. I think Labs in particular are very 
simple with respect to yes they have an attachment to their owner but that can very easily be managed whereas uh, certain other types of dogs they bond with their owner and then if anything ever happens to that owner it's a huge huge thing um, that that kind of it defines that relationship so it, I'm sure it's more of just a, a people being around thing as opposed to people not being around thing um, but as far as the whining, what I did for Ghost as a puppy, and this is different because Ghost was a puppy, uh, she would whine as most puppies do. And I actually had her in her kennel at night because um, I was, it was just me in, in yep. a clean oh, bed. What I would do is I'd have her kennel face me on the bed so she could see me when I was sleeping. And that was the only way she'd, she'd relax. And, um, yeah, yeah, you can leave her and kind of take the whole, if you let a child cry for how long it'll eventually exhaust itself. And because of the psychology behind it, if it's not getting what it wants from the crying, eventually, yes, it will stop crying. Now that can have psychological impacts and, uh, we will not dive into all of that, but, um, yeah, anytime you have questions about dogs and stuff and, and learning the psychology behind it, I'm not an expert, but I have a pretty good feel for it like my family's um, had dogs growing up and whatnot so like i get it but i was like i guess i don't know if any of our previous dogs whined i could see my parents dog hazel being a super whiner when nobody's home like i could just she's a super like lovey-dovey like oh my god kind of dog so like i could see hazel she's such a sweetie but like i could see her being potentially a whiner when nobody's home but we don't know because we're in a house so and they, my parents never set up a camera but anyhow, I don't know. The, the Zane is definitely partially German Shepherd, and apparently German Shepherds do have slightly more uh, bias towards the whole attachment to your owners thing. He's also like super nervous around new people. At least that's what the shelter said, and I kind of see that with even just walking past people on the sidewalk, giving him walks. But uh, so if it, Brent's kind of met him, but Nick, if you ever come and visit, we'll have to remind me that to introduce slow introduce you to him slow because apparently he has issues with uh new people so whatever we'll see I, yeah maybe. i am certainly due for a visit and as a, actually uh I, i've got to go see you because we've seen brent in uh seattle i've got to come see oh, you we gotta talk about that quick. continue i have a buddy who uh is in kentucky for work for the next like eight months or so so i'm gonna try and run down there he's gonna have a bachelor party as well so that i i'm going for the bachelor party which was awesome to find out but then i also want to try and make a run down there just to visit him but uh he's somebody who i can play starcraft 2 with and uh he's my college buddy so i'm hoping to uh loop him into some of the games we play uh seeing as he doesn't really have a whole lot going on all he of his friends and connections are back in michigan um you know but what does that say about we'll us see. <laughs> yeah Oh, so yeah, Nick, like basically two weekends ago, yeah, two weekends ago, got Brent and I pretty good uh, through my wife, Juliana. Tricked us. Yeah, Brent, go ahead. I'll let you go. Got us good. So we are just finishing up the day of skiing. Brent came in in Boulder, which was awesome. I'm glad I had the time off to be able to do that and that Kyle was gracious enough to accept my company. I think it was okay uh, for them at least. I had a great time. Uh, anyway, so I'm down in Colorado. We just finished a day skiing. We're actually looking at a different animal shelter than the one that we ended up, or that they ended up adopting Zane from. I feel like I'm a part of this Zane adoption because I was there. So it's, it's more like we adopted him, but I didn't, <laughs> didn't do anything. Um, I just stood there and looked pretty ish, I guess. And so we get back, and Juliana's 
Kyle, Kyle wants some Noki. He's like, I really want Noki. I really want Noki. And Juliana's like, no, we're having pizza. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and we're like, no, no, let's have Noki. Like, we have some. You just went to the store and got some. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I only like have two it. things in Noki. I'm like, Juliana, we typically split one. So two of them between three of us, we are fine in the Noki department. And then... Plus, like I eat a lot. But. Earlier in the day, I was sitting right next to Juliana, and then she she flashed a text at me for like a split second because she's like, "What's up with this?" And she showed me there's two texts from Nick. I saw it was from Nick, and I only saw the first text. I like I saw there was a second text, but I couldn't read it. And the first text from Nick was something to the effect of, "Hey, can you keep something on the DL?" And like Juliana saw it, like he's like, "What's up with this?" And then she like realized that there was something else, and so she quick pulled it away. So I'm like, oh crap, like what's going on with Nick? So we knew something was up already. <laughs> well, anyway, it's we're leaving the Humane Society. It's time for us to go back and get some supper. And Kyle and I wanted to stop at Walmart to look at a couple of things that we were, we were interested in. And Joanna's like, really? You guys want to go? Are you sure you don't want to like come back? Like, oh, I guess if you want to, like I kind of like you should be back. And of course, as Kyle and I are driving to Walmart and doing the rest of our trip, we are just convinced that Nick and possibly Megan have come to surprise us in Boulder for the weekend. Because it just made a lot blue. of sense. Because like, Julian's like, no, we're doing pizza. Like, we are doing pizza. And I was like, uh... Okay, why don't we just do gnocchi? Like, I really want gnocchi. And Brent's like, I have no one to try gnocchi. And then we have two of them. There's three of us. Like, we can totally have gnocchi. And she's like, no, no, we'll make pizza when we get home. I was like, why can't we just make gnocchi? Like, nope, we're doing pizza. So we're like, okay, so somebody else is here. Is Nick already, is Nick here? Like, because we knew something was going on with Nick. We're like, oh, Nick is totally here. I may. If I was coming, I would have wanted to go skiing too. Like, I love downhill skiing. <laughs> well, we figured you worked. We figured you were working and that you had to come after work or you took a half day and you couldn't make it and regrettably you couldn't make the skiing. But if we just thought of every single reason as to why it was you that was here and not any other possible surprise. And then when we got home too, we were like, okay, like, where's the pizza? Because we, we thought you were going to be there like waiting. Because one of the texts from Nick was also something because – Brent was texting Nick to try to like squeeze it out of Nick as we were going and like as we were driving to Walmart and driving from Walmart home. And then so Brent's texting Nick. I forgot exactly what you texted him, but it was something to the effect of, hey, what are you up to tonight? And Nick's like, uh, doing something, but then I, I, I got some friends coming over soon, so I'm going to be busy for a little bit, but I could maybe game later. And we're like, oh, That's maybe we're, we are the, fr-. he's, he's like rephrasing it. So it's technically true, but we're the friends coming over to him. Like that's already at our house, like my apartment. Oh my yeah, gosh. Was paranoid. No, it wasn't paranoid. We're we were excited. just excited. We we're like, look, oh, I was so hyped. I was Oh yeah, awesome. we get home. We're like, where's and Nick? I, where's Nick? Where's Nick and Megan? We like looked through the house and then we figured that actually there was no pizza there and it was coming at what, yeah. six thirty or something? Like, like the pizza we, was gonna be we, there. And Juliana's like, we can't, we'll start the pizza at 6.30. We're like, oh, is that when Nick and Megan are coming? Like, is their flight still not quite in yet? Or they're in the process of driving or something? So it's like, oh, what, like, what's going on here? So like, I, I open the freezer. I'm like, there's no pizza here. How are we starting pizza with, with no pizza? So yeah, every, all signs were pointing was to awesome. Nick and Megan potentially coming. But alas, it was just Nick buying his pizza and having it delivered at 6.30. So 
which is awesome. Yeah, Great so, pizza. Yeah. Awesome. Thank gift. you, Nick. It was delicious. Surprise, but you weren't here. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> the only thing that could have made it better is if you had that pizza in your hand, but yeah. then they would have been as much for us. So oh, that's also we, we appreciate it. We hung out with them. We, we Skyped. It was like you were there. It was awesome. So, um, yeah, that's great. That's really <laughs> okay. Cool. Brent, what's up with your, uh, uh, life updates since we've had a quite a bit of a hiatus here? Uh, well, went skiing a lot. That's pretty much it. And I realized that while I have not skied too much, we are, you know, I, we haven't skied so much, but like I've gotten back into it. And thanks to going to Colorado, last weekend we went to Vancouver, so I've been traveling all over. I'm now a Canadian skier and a Coloradan skier and all other stuff. And once you go to Colorado, everything else just kind of looks easy in comparison is what I've been finding. And that's been really fun to go uh, back and forth. Uh, I wanted to throw in some nature news because I think that'd be a really fun thing to do. And there's, I saw this really interesting article it was more in a video format that these penguins in South America, that there's a lot of females dying and not as many males. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, why are all the female penguins dying? And it turns out the reason all the female penguins are dying is that they are traveling farther north to find their food sources while the male penguins are staying a little bit closer and they just go down a little bit further to get the food instead of like they, they dive down deeper to get food instead of, traveling farther north to find food and when you go farther north up the coast you end up getting trapped and all this other stuff and i just thought that was such an interesting comparison like the males are surviving more because they're not putting in as much effort into leaving and going places and the females are i don't know there was some connection there and i just i couldn't make the home like make heads or tails of it but I just found that story to be really interesting. So the males are just diving deeper to get food while the females are trying to travel farther north to get food? Yeah, so they extra travel distance is what's killing the females? Not even just the traveling, it's just that there's more dangers up. I don't think that their natural habitat is... Like, they're pushing up past what they normally be at, where there's more humans and more dangers that way. So, I don't know. It's kind of a random story, but... Since I haven't been nature podcasting, I was like, I got to get it out somewhere, you know? And, and that was, that was a pretty interesting <laughs> this story. This is your release. So, yes, okay. this is my release. This, this is, is me getting out on my chest of <laughs> all that nature knowledge stored inside of me. I also have another news thing that I'm going to just quick share while I have the mic. Every once in a while, I just get a reminder that I am hilarious. And I, <laughs> I don't know why or how. It just happens. So I, I teach four classes of the same content of science curriculum. And the first three classes are like a normal class. They'll politely laugh at some of my jokes. But then the fourth class, my last class of the day, it's like I'm like Jerry Seinfeld or something. I mean, these guys are just, I'll say the same joke I will have said the entire other rest of classes and they crack up. They just think it's the funniest thing. I mean, I had, I'm pretty sure I had some kid like rolling over on the floor laughing and I wasn't doing anything super special. It was just. You're a funny man. Tell us a joke. I'm, I'm funny, I guess. Like, I may be. Are you saying it was ruffling? 
he might have been raffling, like literally raffling in real life. And I'm just <laughs> raffle. It, it makes it a little bit harder because it's like, all right, guys, like we're having fun, but I can't. I gotta keep doing the curriculum. Your BFF and, was oh. raffling IRL. Oh, it just it makes you feel so good when you give out this content and people really get it. Like your sense of humor and the jokes you make are resounding with your audience. And I wish that it happened more than one out of four classes, but <laughs> I'm working on that. I'm working on it. So one out, you're That's one out great. of four. You're one out of four people find you funny. Is that twenty five percent of the time? Boy? I'm twenty five percent of the time. I'm hilarious all the time. That's just <laughs> that's just how it is. That's, that's it's just such a confidence boost, though. Oh my gosh! Speaking, when things are like rolling and going well, oh, so good. So speaking of Fan. funny things, oh, sorry, Nick, do you have something? Oh, I was just gonna loop back to uh, Brent's tangent of a penguin story, uh, which I, I definitely approve of because I've tried to talk about penguins and you guys failed miserably for me in the past. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, with respect to uh, the female penguins dying more than the male penguins. I take that to humanity and there's like all kinds of memes or other things that exist kind of stating that, you know, men, this is why men die, uh, you know, much earlier than women on average. And you show a picture of, you know, two guys holding up a ladder that's barely standing <laughs> like above a stairway and the other guy is, you know, up on the stairway. <laughs> like he's, he's definitely going to die. Like there's no doubt, but this uh, pulled me back to a, a, a Facebook post from, years and years ago um that was one of my favorites and i had it as like my cover photo for a little bit but it just is like a like a state farm kind of looking sign it's not for state farm but it basically says this year thousands of men will die from stubbornness and then yeah. it, underneath that it, it's very clearly someone wrote in, in uh, spray paint no we won't and i'm just like <laughs> that, that was my mantra for <laughs> For a while, where it's like, okay, you can tell me I'm gonna die. I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove you wrong, right? Or, whether I'm right or wrong, I'm, no, we won't. That's like we the, will not die from. We stuff. actually, we just had a our company just had like a Christmas party thing uh, this last weekend, and that was one of the things that was like brought up in one of the side conversations. Was like, as kids, we would do like way stupider things than I would assume females do. Where like my brothers and I, we had like the lightsabers. And then the neighbor kids also had lightsabers. And we just beat the crap out of each other with lightsabers. Like, just smacking it sideways. Like, you know, lightsabers you can poke, and that's fine because they'll collapse. But sideways, we just, like, beat the crap out of each other. It was just like, <laughs> this, is what guys, this is what boys do instead of girls in general. And like, obviously, there's outliers that... But it's so funny. It's ridiculous. All right, my friends, I think it's time to make like Saran and wrap it up. So to finish things up, I have one question for you. What's your movie recommendation of the week? I'll give it a start. I, when I was visiting Kyle, watched Good Morning Vietnam. I don't know why it took me this long in my life to see it. It's hilarious. Robin Williams is a gem um, and it has a whole range of emotions. That's my recommendation of the week. Good morning, Vietnam. All right, next. All right, I'll go because Nick's not talking. Uh, for me, I, I got three movie recommendations. One of them, Bird Box. Everybody. One. No, I think I have three. I have three. One of Bird Box. Uh, everybody's been talking about it. It's the Netflix movie. I think it like it set the record for the Netflix special that had the most viewers ever or whatever, something like that on the opening weekend or ever. But Bird Box, really good movie. Um very different kind of movie, uh, but good. 
second one, First Man. I just watched that one like two or three nights ago. It's about the Neil Armstrong going to the moon, basically. And I thought it was going to be more of like a, a space... Um, kind of like an Apollo 13 kind of style thing, but it was actually a little bit more personable. It like kind of showed Neil Armstrong and how like, yeah, he was a really great guy as far as the stuff he did, but there's, there's like, there's a darker side to him and like kind of, it showed more of his life struggles, not life struggles, but like life background going into it. And then my third movie, if people could stop moving the teleprompter is Spider-Man Spider-Verse. Uh, it's a new <laughs> Uh, animated movie that just came out and it, it's it's a really awesome twist on Spider-Man. So if you like Spider-Man at all, you will love this movie. You should definitely check it out. That's not, actually the Spider-Man one I really want to see. Nick, I, I feel like you saw a couple of good movies recently of different um, caliber. Goodness. Different calibers. Uh, wow. I remember the last couple of movies you told us about and they both seemed very interesting. I can only remember one offhand. I saw Aquaman. That was a very good movie. Um, yeah, I am that, not that surprised a, me. I thought that was going to be I, was pretty good. Yeah, DC has done a a horrendous job, frankly, of of trying to compete with Marvel for the superhero movies. And uh, this one, they seem to have given the story its necessary arc. Um, they gave it enough time. Like these, these are stories that are being so rushed to fit the perfect movie formula. And the perfect movie formula comes up at about just shy of two hours uh, as far as an attention span. I think this one was closer to two and a half and, and really gets um, into a, a nice arc. And there's a, a great mix of different things happening, enough intrigue from different areas. Uh, I kind of called the ending as far as the format just because I, I overanalyze movies. But I, I really enjoyed it. A lot of great action scenes. Uh, Aquaman is not the, uh, the uh, what's a uh, PG word I can use, uh, the pushover of the DC universe like he used to be in uh, in the cartoons and everywhere else. I like put it on record. I've always been a, a semi-Aquaman fan. I, thought was, I always thought he was really cool. I just didn't know anything about him because I never read comics really at all. But I was after SpongeBob. After SpongeBob, I really couldn't take <laughs> uh, take Aquaman too seriously, which isn't fair because I mean it's just a stupid show. But um, uh, very good movie. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I have a soft spot for redheads, and the uh, lead lady is a a redhead. No, it's it's a fake red, which like an aerial uh, Disney yes. red, but. Um, it, it worked for her. It was, it was all right. She did well. Um, but overall, very good movie. Was there another one you were thinking of, Brent? I'm blanking. Uh, elementary, my dear, Watson. Oh, it's oh, a simple man. movie. How was that? Guys, I, need to hear about, I need to hear your review on that one first before I Yeah, you guys told me not to based on the reviews, and uh, the reviews were well-founded. Uh, <laughs> Holmes and Watson uh, was absolutely horrendous. Like, I, I, I am, I have very limited knowledge of, uh, distorting your brain in different ways, but <laughs> based on my limited knowledge from learning from friends, um, I don't know if there's any amount of alcohol, weed, or other substance, other substance. that would, that would make that movie watchable because <laughs> it was that bad. Um, it was, 
God, it was awful. Um, there was there was just nothing funny. Like the commercials, the, the comedy is kind of you know uh, okay, whatever, kind of a giggle. But let's see what they got. And usually for a Will Ferrell movie, um, there's there's something you can kind of grab onto, or if you're in the right mood, it can be good. This was just awful through and through. There was no story of any kind. It was it it made fun of the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, portrayal of uh, Holmes in the stories and uh, brought in some of the uh, film technique as far as where he like hits pause and you follow his brain uh, to do different things. And of course it was mildly amusing for a brief moment where that happened outside of that. It's just a giant heaping pile, a dump truck load full of fecal matter, um, which is saying something. Cause I, I usually can find something useful in a movie there's nothing you want to know something you want to know something if I may you want to know something that's not fecal matter there's a lot of things that aren't but sure our new merch store that's right Zarvust now has merch big deal merchandise if you if I may the segue is real that's a great one hype 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 there's uh the, the store is teespring.com slash store slash Zarabus dash merch. If you want an easier link to that, we do throw we did throw it in our website under stores. So if you go to Zarabus.com, Z-A-R-U-B-U-S-T.com, and then go to the store section, there's a direct link straight to the merch store. So uh, it's through Teespring. They're going to they handle all the uh, printing and delivering and all that. But uh, we got some merch out for you guys. So if anybody's interested, uh, hop on there. If you guys are interested in free shipping, the coupon code is free ship Z, all one word. So F R E E S H I P Z. So the first like 25 people uh, to order merch under that coupon code will get some free shipping uh, for your merch. So if you're interested, check it out. Uh, we pretty much. Whatever prices they recommended us to price our stuff at, we dropped it down like at least two or three to five dollars, depending on what the item was. So we're trying to make it so that way you guys can get merch as easy as possible. So if you're interested, check it on out. With that, that if was. I may, oh, if ahead, I may, go ahead. Can I quick? I quick throw a shout out to our graphic designer, Holly, uh, for making the logo and design. They turned out awesome on the t-shirts, just like she said they would be. So. Um, Please, we always post a link to her stuff on our our podcast. So please check her out. She's amazing. Good point. We'll have a link to the store also down below in the little bloopity bloop thing down there. So check it out. But with that, that was episode 31 of If I May. Hope everybody enjoyed. We'll be bringing you a new episode every Thursday. Uh, if you want to support us, obviously we got some merch now, but you can also subscribe, share, rate, and review. Uh, and then if you want to get in contact with us or have any questions, DM us on Twitter at Zarabust, or you can email us Zarabust at gmail.com. With that, have a great Thursday, and we'll see you all next week.